Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're talking about receiving our healing through the atonement of Christ. In other words, that our healing was paid for by the blood of Jesus. We need to understand that. That's why the psalmist could say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Praise God. So on what basis does God forgive all our sins? It's the atonement, of course. On what basis, therefore, does he heal all our diseases? It can only be the atonement of Jesus, because he paid for our sins and our sicknesses. And we saw that that is Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs, literally sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, literally pains. Matthew 8 interprets that when it translates it into Greek. And it uses the words for physical sickness and pain. It says that Jesus healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, in Isaiah 53.4, saying, he himself took our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. And there, these are Greek words that mean physical sicknesses, physical pain. So on the cross, Jesus bore our sicknesses and our pains. Praise God. He, healing is in the atonement. Isaiah 53 goes on and says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Everyone accepts that. But it also now says, the chastisement for our peace, shalom, our well-being, our wholeness, our healing. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, by his bruise, literally, we are healed. And so healing is also there in the atonement. And that's confirmed in the New Testament too. 1 Peter says, he himself bore our sins in his body, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Peter says it's a done deal. You, healing was given to you through the atonement of Christ. When he died for your sins, at the same time he died for your sicknesses and released healing to you. Praise God. And so there's only one remedy for sin and for sickness, and that's the atonement. And we're going to see a number of pictures in the Bible that prove that. And one of those pictures is the law of the leper. And it teaches us that healing's in the atonement. Now, this is one of the messianic miracles. One of the signs of the Messiah, according to the teaching of the Jews. In fact, there were four messianic miracles that the Jews at the time of Jesus, they taught that only the Messiah could do this miracle because of its special significance and because no one else ever did it in Israel. The four actually are healing of the leper, casting out a dumb spirit, the healing of a man born blind, and a resurrection after three or more days. And uh, of course, the healing of the leper was the first one. And every time a messianic miracle was done, it caused a great reaction from the people. They were saying, this must be the Messiah, because only the Messiah can do such things. And it also brought greater opposition from the leaders, because this claim of being a Messiah had to be investigated, and they didn't want him as the Messiah, so they began to reject him more and more. They couldn't ignore it, in other words. When, they, when he cast out a dumb spirit, that's when they accused him of being possessed by Beelzebub, by Satan. 
when the man was born blind again, they actually threatened people excommunication from the synagogue, from Jewish life. And of course, when Lazarus was raised on the fourth day, actually that's when they plotted to kill Jesus. So these messianic miracles are actually the key turning points in the ministry of Jesus. Well, let's look at the leprosy in particular. No Jewish lepers had ever been healed since the law began. Jesus alluded to this fact in Luke 4. He said, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian, that was a Gentile. But no Jewish uh, leper was healed. And we'll see why that's important in a minute. And there was a logic to that too. In other words, you couldn't heal a leper because if you were to touch a leper who's unclean, you would be made unclean. And they believed that only the Messiah had the holiness, as it were, who could touch a leper and not be defiled and would be able to heal him. And so when, a, when the leper came to Jesus and said, you can heal me, he was actually confessing his faith that Jesus was the Messiah. And when Jesus healed the leper, that you'll notice it was different from other miracles. It caused the Jewish leaders to start investigating Jesus. You'll see that in Luke 5, that immediately after he healed a leper, they, all the leaders from all over Israel came to investigate Jesus and and, and study him. And when he, that's when he reinforced his claim. When the paralytic was let through the, through the roof, he said, your sins are forgiven. He was reinforcing his claim to be the Messiah. And they were criticizing him in their heart because at this stage of the investigation, they were not allowed to interrogate him. But as soon as he did that, it moved into a new phase of investigation when they started to challenge him and question him. And each time he did a messianic miracle, the things got more, uh, t uh, the opposition grew stronger. Well, what is special about leprosy is that it actually confirms the, why it is a messianic miracle. What is, there's something that God uses in leprosy to teach us. Leprosy was treated different from other sicknesses. It's used as a type as a picture of sin. So uh, we, they, the Bible doesn't talk about the healing of a leper. It always talks about the cleansing of a leprosy. It was like that leprosy was considered to be a, a picture of sin. Isaiah chapter 1, for instance, it says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll be as wool. And this is actually talking about the fact that if you don't deal with your sin, it will spread like leprosy and you will eventually become white as snow, as wool. That's talking about the skin of a leper. Le leprosy is a creeping disease. And it's just like sin. It, it increases, it corrupts. And it will turn you white as snow. You'll become like a leper, totally taken over by that sin. That's why he says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. In other words, he's saying, deal with your sin, because sin is like leprosy. If you don't deal with it, it, it spreads and it takes, takes you over. And so leprosy is a picture of sin. In the way it corrupts the skin, it, it spreads, it brings death. And leprosy, therefore, 
represented the presence of sin. The leper was under the power of sin. It was incurable by natural means. Only the Messiah can set someone free from sin. So therefore, only the Messiah can set someone free from leprosy. There was no medication that could be given. And so the lepers were in the hands of priests. The leper was a sign to all of, of all men under the power of sin and death. The leper was a picture of a sinner. He was a walking dead man. His robes were torn, his hair was shorn, his mouth was covered. He was like a mourner going to his own funeral. He had to speak out, unclean, unclean, just like for a dead body. He had to live outside the city walls, isolated from society. He's a picture of all men under the sentence of death, rotting in his own corruption, under the power of sin. That's why it was a messianic miracle. Only the Messiah could save him from sin. Leprosy is a picture of sin. Like I said, it's inherited. It's, it, it's easily communicated to others. That's why they had to be uh, isolated. In the same way, sin is contagious. You do need to be careful who you are close to because if someone is in a wrong spirit, that will get off on you. Whenever someone's in a wrong spirit, they're really shouting out, unclean, unclean, keep your distance. Don't let yourself be infected by other people's sin. Leprosy actually starts on the inside in the blood, but it soon shows up on the outside. And so in the same way, your sin starts in the heart, but it will come out, it will show itself in your words and deeds. The leper was smelly. And that sin smells terrible to God. It's a gradually spreading corruption, first with ulcers and sores breaking out, then fingers and eyelids get eaten away. Gradually the whole body rots. And that's the way sin is. It will gradually eat up your whole life. The leper gradually loses feeling in the different parts of his body. He stops feeling pain, so he could put his hand in burning heat and not realize it. And that's how they would lose often their, their organs. And in the same way, sin causes you to lose your sensitivity of conscience. Your conscience is dulled and you start excusing and justifying anything. Your, the voice of your conscience that normally warns you of, of danger it becomes very faint. That's what sin does for you, just like with leprosy. And again, leprosy was incurable. There was no hope. There was nothing that leper could do to get healed. He had, was in permanent isolation. And sin will eventually send you to hell, which is a permanent isolation from the goodness of God and from, from others also. The priests and the religion, the law, it could diagnose it, it could reveal it, but it had no power to heal it. Only the Messiah had power. And of course, leprosy brought shame and disgrace. They were removed from the presence of God in the temple. And sin, in a way, isolates us up and cuts us off from fellowship with God and from people. Leprosy, sin, destroys a man physically, mentally, emotionally, it's a picture of man under the power of sin. And again, salvation from it was only possible through the Messiah. Only he could save the unsavable. 
And that's the special emphasis God gives leprosy in the Bible. And so the healing of a leper was a special sign that the Messiah was on the scene. And it demonstrates, and it's a picture of the Messiah saving all of us, because we were all lepers, hopeless lepers, if Jesus wouldn't have healed us. So it's very significant when Jesus met a man who was full of leprosy, it says, and he touched him and healed him. This was a major turning point in the Gospels. It's in, in uh, Luke 5. Uh, I think Luke 5 says that he was, verse 12, says he was full of leprosy. I'm going to read it here from Mark 1. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And so this miracle shows us some things. We, this is a picture of us. We're like that leper, you see. This is how we receive salvation. First of all, we need to admit that we're sinners. We need to admit we are unclean. That's what that man did. And then we need to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the only one with the power to save and cleanse us from sin. And he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He had the power to cleanse him. And then he came to Jesus humbly. He fell on his face. It says he bowed the knee. It says that he worshipped Jesus. He called Jesus Lord. And he called on Jesus to save him. That's how we come to Christ. And we, in humility, we call him Lord. And we call on him to save us from our sin. And you must cast yourself on Jesus, as this leper did. And what did Jesus do? What does it tell us about Jesus? It says he was moved with compassion. He, he has great love for the unlovely. And even though we were smelly and rotten, deserving death, he loved us and says, I do want to heal you. I do want to save you. And then he touched him. And Jesus touches the untouchable. Jesus didn't stand at a distance from us, but he came down from heaven to earth to identify with us, to touch us, to take our leprosy on himself and give us his healing. Praise God. He took our sin on himself. He bore our sicknesses and our sins. He suffered the death of a leper outside the camp, rejected of men. He touched us to make us whole. And of course, when he touched him, his power went into that leper. And that shows the power of Christ to save us from our sin. Only he, Jesus, can save us. And it's interesting what, after he healed the leper, what happened next? It says, he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And this is interesting. He doesn't do that with the other types of healings because there was a specific procedure for leprosy that was ordained in the law of Moses that the priests had to fulfill because of its special nature. There are actually two whole chapters in the Law of Moses, Leviticus 13 and 14, devoted to lepers. And this, these chapters provided, set the stage, if you like, for the Messiah to prove himself that he is the Messiah. 
That's why Jesus told him to go to the priest to be checked out. And actually then he would have to go through the prescribed ceremony for when a leper would be healed. And we're going to see that that would actually then be a testimony to them that the Messiah was on the scene because only the Messiah could heal the lepers. So Leviticus 13 told the priests how to diagnose the leprosy in the early stages and then it gave quarantine procedures and washing procedures and Leviticus, the Bible, and Bible hygiene was way ahead of its time in understanding these things. And when he was confirmed to be a leper, he was declared unclean and sent out of the city and the priests would keep a record of who the lepers were. That was Leviticus 13, and they were used to doing that all the time. But Leviticus 14 told them what to do when the leper was healed. They were to verify the healing. They were to offer up certain sacrifices and then declare the leper clean so he could live a normal life again in fellowship with God and man. And the priests, they, they did... Leviticus 13 all the time, but though they learnt it in Bible school, they never practiced Leviticus 14 because no leper ever got healed. And they come to realize that, and they come to the conclusion that only when the Messiah comes will the lepers be healed. And so this was become a messianic miracle. But they knew that Leviticus 14 is part of the law, it was there for a reason. It had to be fulfilled, but it would be fulfilled. By the Messiah. Only the Messiah could save the sinner and heal the leper. Well, when the lepers started coming in the ministry of Jesus to the priests, they knew they had to investigate it because each one was a testimony to them that, the, that Jesus was the Messiah. They were said, they would check their records. Yes, you've definitely been healed. Who healed you? How did you get healed? Well, it's Jesus of Nazareth, and again and again, Jesus of Nazareth. This was the proof to them that the Messiah was here. And um, Jesus told them, told the leper to go to the priest, that's why. And the priest would perform a ceremony, and this is really what I want to share with you. This ceremony for the healing of the leper actually revealed how that leper was saved from sin and leprosy. So let's go to Leviticus 14. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. When he gets cleansed, he'll be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him if and indeed if the leprosy is healed in the leper. And then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and clean birds, cedarwood, scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he'll take it, the cedar wood, the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them, and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he will sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And so here we have this interesting ceremony that was enacted and nothing's by accident in the Bible and it revealed the basis on which the leper was cleansed. And and as I said, this had never been done until the ministry of Jesus because no lepers had ever been healed in Israel. Well, what is this picture? First, there were two living birds. One represents Christ 
which was one bird was to be sacrificed and the other bird would be set free. And so it's a, the bird that is set free is a picture of the leper who's been set free through the other bird, which is the sacrificed one. The sacrificed bird was actually tied to that piece of cedar wood. That's a picture of the altar. And it's tied to the altar by a scarlet thread, a scarlet cord. That's a picture of our sins. Our sins bound Jesus to the cross. One of the birds, again, was killed in an earthen vessel over running water, literally living water. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit. So his blood was poured out and collected and mixed with this living water. The living bird that represented the leper was dipped in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And then the living bird was set free to fly into the open field. And so this is a picture of the living waters. The Holy Spirit uh, takes the, mixed with the blood. It applies the blood of Jesus to us so that we fly free from sin, sickness. Hallelujah. So, as it were, because Jesus died and shed his blood, then the Holy Spirit, the living water, takes that blood. We are dipped in that blood, and then we fly free. We are set free from our sin. We are set free from the leprosy. Praise God. And then the leper was sprinkled with the hyssop. The hyssop is used to apply blood. Like on the Passover day, the blood of the Passover lamb was, was uh, applied with the hyssop. And when David sinned, he, in Psalm 51, he prays, O Lord, cleanse me with hyssop. So hyssop is used to apply the blood, and so the leper was sprinkled with that blood and that living water, and then he could walk free. And so this is a picture. What, the, what God is saying to the leper here is, this is how you were healed of your leprosy. It was done through atonement. Healing is in the atonement. Healing of leprosy. Leprosy is, includes the picture of sin and sickness. And God is saying, you are healed. How? Through a sacrifice. Through the atonement of Christ. And because Jesus shed his blood, and that blood is now applied to you, you are cleansed from your leprosy. And like a bird, you can fly free from your sin and from your sickness. Praise God, because Jesus took the death for you, shed his blood for you. You can fly free. And thank this is the key to our healing, is the atonement of Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus was the bird sacrificed for us so that we can fly free. The living bird was baptized into the blood and the water of the Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the water of the Spirit, set free to fly in the open field. When we accepted Christ, we were plunged into the blood and into the Holy Spirit, the living water, which then communicated the work of the cross to us. And we then fly free in the air, in the presence of God through his death. Praise God. The law of the Spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And why did God choose a bird? Because a bird reveals the freedom of resurrection life, of God's abundant life, that we are set free in our mind, in our body, in our spirit, to soar in the spirit.
We're no longer earthbound, but now we can set our minds on spiritual things. We fly free from sickness, free from condemnation. We fly in the realm where all things are possible, praise God. We are set free to worship God without fear. And this is a picture of our new life in Christ. He died so that we might live. He was made sick so that we might be healed. And so that's why Jesus sent the leper to the priests as a testimony to them. They had no excuse. They knew the Messiah was, was there. And so healing is in the atonement. Leprosy, as I say, is a picture of sin and sickness. And it shows sin and its full effects of corruption. And God showed that only the Messiah can cleanse us from sin and heal us from its consequences, the curse. The remedy is the same for both. It's sacrifice, it's atonement, it's the blood. And so healing from sickness, cleansing from sin, is only possible through the atonement of Christ. That was the picture of the leper. He was shown that, that you are healed, you are cleansed through a blood sacrifice. One time Jesus healed ten lepers at once, but only one of them actually returned to give thanks. And then Jesus said to that one, your faith has made you whole. See, the others, they received the cleansing from the leprosy, but then they went their own way and they forgot about Jesus. But the one who returned to give thanks, he, received, he was made whole. And the fingers that he lost were then restored. And as you are healed from your sin and you return to Jesus and you keep giving thanks and you live your life for him, he won't just cleanse you from that sin, but he'll make you whole. He'll restore your life to what it ought to be. Thank God he heals us from our leprosy and he gives us a new life. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. It's so important to be able to receive healing, because if we don't have our health, we can't enjoy anything else that we have. And we're limited in serving God. So let me encourage you to build up your faith in my package here, we have Getting Healed, the book, and also the CD series of eight messages. You can receive God's truth concerning healing and let faith rise in your heart to not just receive healing, but to walk in divine health. This will help you get to that place of receiving God's grace for your body. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.